This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. That'll be the red light for Go here on 3RRRFM. You are listening to Eat It. It's the afternoon. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I have... I'm Matt Stebman pushing the buttons. How are you, Cam? Why you sound very resonant today. Thank you. <laughs> actually, I think I've got a little frog in my throat, actually. Have you? Um, yeah, so it might be a bit... Maybe it's improving my voice. Wow, you sounded really sexy today. <laughs> you sounded really good. How's everybody else feeling out there? Um, I think the world has a cold. Actually, uh, all the people I had uh, dinner with last night did not. Mm. And they're all going, you were sick last time you were here. It hangs on. The, the, the uh, cold this season, I have a few colleagues who have been out or under the under the influence of the germ for weeks and weeks and weeks. It hangs on this year for some reason. Well, as someone said, misery loves company. So yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> and thank you to all the um, uh, people that I joined for dinner yesterday. We ate mussels and it was good because it was a, a very, very good friend's birthday. Mm. So I'm going to break tradition and go, happy birthday again, Lacey. Who's listening? There you mm. go. Um, it is a grey, insipid mm. kind of day. Would you agree with that? It's pretty, yeah, it's nondescript. Nondescript. I think, I think if you're indoors, it's the best place to be today. There are some places in the world, like the, uh, the Basque apparently have all sorts of things for weather. Mm. Today would be a day where they say there is no weather. Because there's just nothing. There's just nothing. Happening. Nondescript. But there is stuff happening on the radio. And, um, yeah. and looking back, we must thank the scientists who, uh, who had um, possibly the most amount of cranial spaces put into a studio that I've seen. It was chock-a-block full, wasn't it, Studio One? Chock-a-block. Lots of degrees in there. Lots of degrees. No degrees in here. No degrees of separation. <laughs> yes. No, no degrees here. No. Nah. Life experience, though. Yes. Have we got life experience? A degree from the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And uh, <clears throat> we're looking forward to um, speaking to you about um, the world of food. Mm. We're getting a little bit into specificity mm. today. Yes. Um, uh, we have Tony Eldred. Yes. From Eldred Hospitality. Yes. A.K.A. Eldredo. Who's coming in? Um, and uh, we're going to be speaking to him about uh, a, a subject that is um, is in front of mind, mm. or actually between the ears mm. of many people as they go into restaurants. Restaurant acoustics. Mm. Can you hear your neighbour? Can you have a conversation? Mm. Is that music too loud? Or is it too soft? Is it coming through one speaker that some poor old pensioner has to listen to while mm -hmm. they try to go through their uh, all-you-can-eat fisherman's basket? Yep. Um, it's a vexed issue. I've also I've often had a, uh, a theory around, say, cafes that I've, I've espoused to you many times. That yes. If, uh, speaking of the selection of the music in a cafe, yes. if that's pretty good... Mm. chances are the cafe will be as well. Because if someone's thought about that, they're likely to have thought about everything else, including the food. Question is, has it been curated? Mm. That's sort of the thing you get yes. into, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or is it random? Or is it just, uh, just a... Gold FM or something? Or Queen, yes. back to back, as you, I, you I was mentioned. Using that. Yeah, I, won't, yes. I won't mention where, but there was one place <laughs> I went Somewhere on the top of Burke Street, perhaps. Which is still operating. Um, yes. And there was one day we were there, and it was just back to back Queen songs. So not only... Had they just put some really 
boring middle of the road music on as a playlist. I hadn't even shuffled it. Mm. So, you know, try having a, a bowler pass it. We are the champions. It's just not really befitting of a uh, nice hospitality space. And the serious thing about this is that um, there are so many considerations that go into the making of a small business like a restaurant. Yep. Um, the actual product, wine list, um, markups, and it would appear that in the equation of, you know, getting staff and marketing and all those balls that have to be mm. successfully juggled around, mm -hmm. acoustics can get lost. I think Tony said this well before on a previous visit where he said a lot of restaurateurs don't necessarily spend the time to actually sit in their restaurant as a consumer. So are the, are the chairs the right height or, you know, is there anything that's actually getting in the way of enjoying a meal? Because I get it. If you, if you own the place, you've got a hundred things to worry about. Um, and acoustics is probably about number 97 on that list. Should be a fascinating discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. And we, he might also have a little little crack at the top about what's going on in the industry around underpayment slash wage theft. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> ouch. Okay, so we're going to do that. Um, and then we're going to go to John to market very, very uh, quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, um, sometimes a cheap, maligned mollusk. I don't think I, I think it's unfair to call it maligned. Yeah, me too. I love, I love, a, I love a sunburned muscle. Well, you had some last night. I did. It was with the, the birthday dinner with, uh, with Lace and the crew. Yep. We did Red Star. So uh, we're going to talk to, uh, all the way from Port Arlington, mm. the man who brings you the mussels into the supermarkets, the mm -hmm. man who also supplies mussels when needed to Attica, Lance mm. Withen of Sea Bounty Mussels. We're going to talk to him about what's your office like? It's pretty good, yeah, depending unless there's a big easterly blowing, then it's yeah. maybe not so good. So Lance Whiff and Muscles. So if you haven't had Muscles for a while, maybe we can inspire you to go out and get some. We were saying in the car on the way, what a bargain Muscles are. You can get a bag if, if you're uh, able to consume uh, living things, if you've made that decision. <laughs> yes, um, well done. What, like you were saying $9 for a <coughs> bag of Muscles? And they're not a huge amount of work. you just got to rip the beads off. Well, and also Lance has an interesting technique of, um, but we'll we'll let mm. him tell about um, how he gets um, uh, the beards in a knot. Yes, right. And when he does that sort of thing. So we need to move on. Twelve oh nine here on Three Triple RFM. I did find an interesting quote mm. um, that sort of relates to food from P.J. O'Rourke from the National Lampoon. The American political system is like fast food, mushy. Insipid, made out of disgusting parts of things, and everybody wants some. <laughs> when was that written? It was probably written well before the current occupant of the White House, too. The disgusting parts of things. No, just no, sorry. a quote in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you're on Triple R. It is the afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we'll be back with Tony after this. Triple R is the place you're at, and it is the afternoon. And we have a man who has uh, driven far and wide down the great grey ribbon from uh, from the coast in Geelong. Tony Eldred, welcome. Ah, hello. How are you, mate? I'm excellent. You're looking a million bucks. Thank you, yes. After tax. After tax, yes. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, which is a good thing because... Uh, Keeping the money after tax, and certainly in this restaurant game, it's getting harder and harder to have that money 
after tax, is it not? Oh, it certainly is. We're seeing the uh, the figures from probably 75 restaurants and cafes at the moment. Things are not really good out there. Things are crook in Tallarook? Yep. Yeah. Um, the expenses have risen beyond their ability to increase prices. Mm. So the margins have disappeared largely. There but ain't no elasticity no more. It's no, taut. It is very It's like taut. a piece of Kevlar. It's very taut. Twanging. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to stop all that nonsense now. Um, Josh Nyland amazed me a while ago. Um, folks, do you remember when he was on? If you haven't listened to him, it was, it was pretty interesting because he's one of the most innovative um, butchers of fish. Not that he chops them up, but the way that he thinks about it. But he said to me, in a, in a moment of clarity and honesty, his wages are 40%. Yes, that's not and, really su- sustainable. And when I was going through um, a tertiary place, uh, it was the the thing was it was thirty. When did it change from thirty to forty? It hasn't really. A lot of restaurants are, are, are hovering around the forty percent mark, but they're not making any money. Bloody hell! Um, they, I mean, there is a set ratio. There's only so many cents in the dollar that should go to wages, mm. and if you go over that, then the the, uh, the amount you go over is taken straight off your profit. So a lot of places aren't making money at all at the moment. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, the profit, even before that, the profit wasn't all that extraordinary to begin with, was it? In some places. How do you make really, really good money? Okay, here's the question. How do you make awesome money in restaurants? Simplicity and and reasonable pricing. And turnover? Yeah, but, uh, look, the very best businesses I deal with, they uh, they have regular mystery diners coming through, giving them constant feedback about their customers' perceptions. They're your mystery donors. No, they? they're not. Oh, mine. Okay, sorry, just thought about yep. yep. Yes. No, they, uh, there are a couple of companies that do it very well. Hmm. And when you get the feedback telling you that um, people didn't like this or didn't like that or had a problem with this particular staff member or whatever, and then they're constantly tweaking to make things better, they generally do all right. Hmm. There's a lot of people who aren't meeting customer expectation, hmm. and they'll suffer for that financially. Hmm. I'm just going to throw something out here. This is out of left field. Um, Jill Duplay, you remember her? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the the marvellous Jill who went off to be the food editor of the Sunday Times for a a long uh, season of tenure there. Yes. She had come back, and I think it was in the days of Ladro, so this is quite a while ago now. Yes. But one of the things she said to me was, no, maybe it wasn't to me, maybe it was... Uh, written down can't remember but one of the things she said that defined melbourne was a relaxed self-assuredness about the way that we make and serve food yes is that still the case at our very best yes i think uh, uh, casual casual dining has always been the signature of melbourne Mm. Um, but um, even if you up the the offering, you can still do it in a relaxed way. Oh yeah, but self-assured. Yeah, so that we, was her point. Uh, we don't like formality in dining. Mm. Even in top-end restaurants, we prefer waiters that play with the customers, etc. The the stiff dining that you would get in Europe doesn't really go down terribly well here. And tablecloths, which sort of are a symbol of that. Yes. 
Yes, are table, they not? Tablecloths and a single flower and a vase on the table. A carnation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened to all those carnations? Uh, they went the way of the Gerardin trolley many years oh, ago. Oh, the Gerardin! Yes. Gosh, yes. I used to do pepper steaks and I used to get fireballs from my... But that was a long time ago at William Anglis. Anyway, noise. What about if the place is so noisy the petals of the carnation are falling off the stem? Yeah, this uh, in my mind this started uh, because it annoyed me personally. I, I've always regarded dining as a social interaction, and if I can't interact easily with my guests or with the staff who are trying to explain dishes to me, uh, I get annoyed. So I, I, I wrote a, a magazine article about it to, well, a couple of years ago, and I started to get feedback from people, and it was prompted recently. I, I had a letter from a doctor saying... I'm offended by the noise levels in a lot of restaurants I go to and I can't talk to my wife. Is there a listing of restaurants that have... Uh, have good acoustics. I'd love to see what the icon becomes above that in a, in a restaurant guide. Yes. Apparently the Broadsheet magazine published a list of them some time ago. Really? It was a f- pretty short list, I have to say. Was it? Yeah. Um, but I'm finding now I'll, I go into restaurants and, and I, I really have trouble... Now, that could be partially because I'm getting fairly old, but... Um, You're an old bastard. Yes. But there's a lot of old bastards and... Um, the, the, I'm not going to go there, but uh, <laughs> old old uh, people are getting older and uh, they're in a lot of ways, they're the people with the money who are spending the most yeah, in restaurants. Am I preempting what you were going to say? Yeah, that's the yes. point, is that uh, they're the ones who really can spend. Yeah. And, they're uh, the ones you want. Uh, well, some places I am at the young, but... Yeah, that's true, yes. But uh, the, a lot of the businesses we deal with are, are trying to get that uh, 45 to 55, 60-year-old uh, sort of demographic because they really have the ability to spend up. Yes. They will have desserts. Yes. And they will order that expensive bottle of wine. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, and they do that. But um, what is it about places? I mean, is it there's a whole bunch of things that sort of fold into this problem one is the design aesthetic that we've had emerge for let's face it the last 20 years rendered walls rendered concrete floors uh reflective surfaces the use of stone bars and things like that i'm generalizing but do you want to take that ball and run with it yeah i do the look most of the changes in the industry are driven by economics and not by artistic endeavor Oh, really? The, the the reason you see all these rendered walls, etc., is because it's cheap decor. You don't have to do a lot. You just, you know, you can have a bare concrete building. With so it's pipe. cheaper than the mahogany um, oh, yeah. covering. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got point taken. And also, you don't. A lot of places now don't put a false ceiling in, so you've got all this pipe work, etc., with a concrete roof above it. True. And the sound just echoes around in those sort of places. Actually, here's a, here's a better analogy for people to understand. It bounces. Yes. It just bounces around yeah. the place. And certain places in, in those sort of restaurants, it's almost impossible. If you're in a corner table in a place which has got those uh, reflective walls, you'll just about walk away with brain damage. Well, okay, so that's probably... I hadn't thought of that. That's probably a good thing to avoid. Um, stay away from the corners. Yeah, I've noticed it in a couple of the restaurants where I've actually been placed in the corner and think, oh, this is not good. Yes. 
so the the design uh, in an attempt to actually have a cheap decor that it's worked against customer interests hmm. the other one that i think we talked about was the staff coming in and putting the music up loud while they do the the layout and the prep and everything in the restaurant and forget to turn it down yeah i I remember you used to doing prep and you'd put on some inspiring music shall we say oh look i've been to a couple of places recently and i've had really loud head banging music yeah but a death metal yeah double kick pattern and the, the staff don't hear it after a while because they're busy but you sit down at a table and you suddenly realize the noise level They've got their heads down crossing out lists, which is the thing that you're doing in prep. It's yeah. like you're moving. And you, you aren't thinking about anything else because there's the list you have to get through. Yes. And, uh, and people are becoming more and more aware that, uh, that that some of these places can be quite difficult and yet they're still charging a mozza for, for their food and beverage. Mm. Um, one of the ones that really annoys me is that it, it affects their ability to sell. If you can't hear the waiters describing things accurately, then you're, not, you're going to spend a lot less. A good waiter will come to the table. A waiter, the waiter's job is to sell. Communicate. You know, well, you think of a restaurant as a, as a food factory with a sales office attached to the front of it. Indeed. And if they don't use visual merchandising, which not many do, then, then all of their sales is done verbally. Sorry, I was just thinking what's left is interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not going to go down so well. So, the, you know, well, well-trained waiters will assess why you're there and will try and create the experience you dreamt about, but uh, they, yeah, they need to communicate to do this. Do you want to talk about and are there any places you know that actually are good acoustically? Ooh, that's a big call. What, what's Shane Dealey's place, um, Bond Street? Oh, help me. Maha, thank you. Yeah, Maha. Maha's beautiful. It's got a carpet on yeah. the floor. Yeah. It's got curtains. Yeah. And it has this beautiful, hushed ambience. Yeah. yeah. And you can sit at a table. You can have a table of six and you can all talk. And yeah. it's magnificent. Yeah. Uh, Katerina's, which is a place that I'm going to drag you down to one of these days to meet uh, the great Katerina Borsotto. Yes. In Queen Street. That is a lovely place where you can have great conversations. Yes. Um. Upstairs at Florentino, obviously, but that's just, you know, hey. Yeah, look, the, the, uh, a lot of the top end, you know, the three-hat restaurants, etc., are reasonable. Uh, but it's the really popular mid-level ones where, you know, they cram a lot of people into them or a lot of people come there. The noise level starts to build up into a crescendo. Because people, people can't hear, the, uh, hear themselves across a table or hear their guests across a table so they talk louder or they ask them to talk louder yep. then the table next door can't hear themselves think so they talk louder yep. and you get an, a, a steady escalation of the noise level over a service period to the stage where it can become uh, quite unpleasant in my ears anyway in your ears mm-hmm. yeah indeed and then there's also the fact um, uh, someone Steve Cook uh, texted me with his polemic about noise uh one of the things was he was also saying is the sound system um is it coming from one speaker or integrated throughout the whole place yes and he actually had made a suggestion that every every now and then they should just turn off the music so everybody can just reset i think that's probably a good idea in some that noise level 
But there, look, some of the places that I've got annoyed at, uh, you, uh, the noise level is so high you can't hear the music, even though music is, is up quite loud. And what do the owners say when you... Because you, you, this is... Uh, if you've just joined us here on Triple R, uh, Tony Eldred's here from Eldred Hospitality. He has a lot of clients who are restaurateurs. And, but what happens... Do they not want to listen to you when you say that? Or do, uh, they, or do them, they cover their ears? Well, most of them, A, they don't listen, and B, they don't see the evidence that I see. When you've got, you know, uh, 50 mystery shop uh, surveys coming to you every week from a variety of restaurants and you, you get constant comments about acoustics, among other things, mm. then you talk to the restaurateur who doesn't think he's got a problem <clears throat> because he's popular, he's busy... Uh, the response I got from one very well-known restaurateur in Melbourne was, um, nobody has a problem but you, you're just a deaf old bastard. I think I know who that is. <laughs> who are you talking about there? All right, Tony Eldred, I am your fairy godfather. Are you? Uh, yeah. I'm wearing a little chill skirt. I've got boots on and I've got a magic wand. Yes. It's got sparkles on it. And I can grant you a wish... Um, if I can take you out anywhere for uh, a lunch or a dinner in the places around this great food state, yep. where would you like to eat? Tower Dumplings in Camberwell. Whereabouts in Cambers? Ooh, it's in uh, Evans Place, I believe, is the little street opposite the Rivoli Cinema. Favourite dumpling is? Hagao? Oh, they, they, well, it's not a traditional dumpling house. It's, it's actually a really interesting business with fabulous food, but a whole range of it other than dumplings. But they, they have a, a, a kitchen with a glass wall and you can watch all of the ladies making the dumplings. Well, 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 one fold, two fold, three fold, five but fold. From a consultant's yes. point of view, they're they, they aware that their staff don't have good language skills, which yeah. really annoys a lot of customers. So, yes. that, so all of the merchandising is done visually on their menus. Uh-huh. So they have photographs of all of the... F- high-margin high items that they really want to sell. Yes. And people go, oh, look, I want that, and they point to there the picture. Ha-ha! Um, but the food <coughs> is exceptionally good. Sorry about that, It's very good value. I, I don't mind giving them a plug because I think they're doing it really well. Well, there it is. There's the plug. Um, can we hope that they put more tapestries on the walls and uh, more carpets on the floor? Well, maybe not that because that's hard to clean, but... Uh, do more people complain about this and maybe the restaurateurs take notice as we finish off this interview? Uh, I would hope they do in the future. Yeah, okay. There is hope. What do you think, Matt? Yes. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Eldred, for, for joining us. You're back to Anglesey. You're turning around and... I have to pick my daughter up and pick up a trumpet and take both back to Anglesey. <laughs> There's an interesting mental image. Will you be playing this trumpet as you were going along the highway? No, my partner's brother is here from Germany and he is a well-known classical trumpeter. And you are a very, very good guitarist, so there should be some interesting jam sessions. Oh, look, duets between trumpet and guitar. Yeah, I was just thinking that, going, no, <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, 12.26, always a pleasure to talk to you, Tony. Thank you for making the time to come in. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Cam. Um, you've selected the music today. I have. This is um, this is with the secret James Bond chord progression. Yeah. And it relates to the subject that's coming up, that subject his muscles. The song is Underwater Love. Take it away. Sounds like a bag. It is a bag. What's in the bag? Full of capsicums. They're seconds. We've cut a little bit off, but yeah. very, very good for taking home and frying straight into the fry pan. How much for the bag? Two bucks. Two bucks for Two the bags. Uh, we've got an abundance 
of capsicums and eggplant this week. Oh, really? And abundance. Oh, that's always good. So this is, comes back to that whole... And John, hello, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, How are we today? We introduce ourselves for those that have, might have tuned in for the very, very first time in their lives. That's right. To this show, this is John. He's at the Queen Victoria Market. That's He's Tomato at a place City. called Tomato City, uh, which is in H Shed in, right. in uh, the Queen Victoria Market. And we were just speaking about, well, what's coming in, what's going out, and it's getting towards summer... And the capsicums must be early from Queensland. Definitely from Queensland. Uh, they must have had a few days good weather and the crops just jumped. And also in Victoria, the same thing happened with broccoli. We went um, from very expensive collies and broccolis to uh, a little bit cheaper. Oh, okay. I'd say a lot cheaper. Funny, I just saw the words dime a dozen and then you yeah. went, no, cross that out. <laughs> um, all right, um, serious question, John. Um, we have a bushfire emergency in the north of us. Um, strange, crazy events where it's November and uh, people have lost their lives, houses have been destroyed, and I'm wondering, is this, I don't know if you've had a chance to look, but is this in any of the areas that produce food and will this have an impact? Uh, the closest one I saw was um, up Nusaway. Yeah. Uh, that's getting close to our Gympie area, but yeah. there's still a few clicks in between. Yeah. Hopefully it won't affect our crops. Um, Nowhere near Yapoon, for instance, that where a lot no, of the beans no, and stuff not, come from? No, no, not really. So, But still we have to feel for these poor people because if you look at the um, fires, the intensity and the embers that are flying all over the place, and as you said, a couple of people have already lost their lives. So mm. hopefully the government will get in there and, and tidy things up and help people out as well. We can but hope. All right, well... We'll move on from there. So it would seem that um, even though a lot of people are being affected, the prices of produce short-term don't seem to be affected. We will see. Um, yes. All right. So anyway, capsicums, what could you do? Say you bring that bag of second capsicums home. What could you do with it? I give them a quick rinse and a, a slice or a chop, whatever, mm. and um, shallow uh, oil in a fry pan. Um, always olive oil. We don't bother using... Only rice oil we use if we really want something to be oh, cooked quick yeah, and hot. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yes, it is. Can I ask um, you a question? Yes. Do you like sure? Which sure? Sure, you know. Uh, if I could yes, turn yes, yes, back yes. time. No, yeah, well, I'm stop. glad you're not giving up your day job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there was a movie called Moonstruck, right? Yes, yes. And yes. I remember this so well because she did this breakfast. Moonstruck eggs, I've always called it that. And it was this beautiful piece of pasta dora yes. with a whole taken oh, out of it and yeah. I think she'd been cooking pancetta in the pan Yeah, but she had these it was capsicums in there Yes, so yes. it was this toad in the hole is what skippies yes, would call it yes. with pancetta and um, yeah. and the fried capsicum it's that a is brilliant great. marriage it really yeah. is because you've got a little bit different flavour than normal oil you've got that fat there from the pancetta and the capsicums are also Ooh. a little bit of a flavour sponge. They'll soak it up. But so, sweet. They give the sweetness Sweet, too. yes. Yeah. So, like I said, a quick chop or a slice, whatever, into the fry pan until they're golden, not over-cremated, I hope. No. And um, 
you know, a little bit of crusty bread, as you say. And um, you ever done that? Done the, the, the piece yes, of bread with yes, the thing yes, in the middle, yes, and you yes, take out the thing, yes, and then you yes, and then you got to really scoop it out really, really gingerly. It it is worth it. It definitely is, and sometimes you eat it straight out of the fry pan. So yeah. it Espe- is good, and especially if you're cooking that bread in the um, bacon or pancetta fat. Yeah, because even the bread crisps up nicely, and um, you get the flavours there, and the colour spectacular as well. And don't forget, capsicums are full of vitamin C and fibre and a whole lot of other stuff, so you can't go wrong. So it's yin and yang, really, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they only have minor blemishes when we shove them in a bag. They're still good enough to grill or or, um, mm. or even stuff and fry or bake, whatever you want to do with them. Mm. Now, what about the asparagus? The asparagus, they are really, really nice. We've got yeah. some about the size of your little finger and fatter. We don't eat the little ones, as we've always said. But the problem is these come from Kooyer up. They've had, um, well, like everyone else, they've had rain and um, uh, grandola. Um, Fungus? No, 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 no. No, no. no the ice spits, mate. Uh, the uh, frost? No, not frost any. Let's keep going. I'll take okay. you in a minute. It'll, it'll hail, 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 hail. Grandola. Oh, mate. The what's, bra- what's grandola? Is that Italian that's, Yeah, hail? Italian, yeah. My, oh, my, my brain's all over the place No, that's today. okay. What I we've have... done is we've inserted an Italian word into people. So, yeah, so next time it starts hailing, people yeah. can look at this guy and go, ah, uh, grandola. Yeah, get out of here, mate. Oh, okay, get out of um, here. So the hail is more severe because it, yes. it slices the asparagus oh. and they have to start again. A grower showed me a photo of uh, the crop about a month ago when it was windy, do you remember? Mm. And there's this beautiful asparagus about 30 centimetres tall, mm. but the tip was nearly touching the ground because oh. it just kept on persistent. And the little thing's going, I'm trying to get out of the ground, mate, you know. Mate, mate. <laughs> give, so, give me a break. So with a bit of luck, they'll survive that in a few weeks. They'll be back to beautiful again. And we may even have enough for Christmas lunch. Really? Yes, and yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, people that know asparagus know that once you get into November and you get uh, wishy-washy days like today and then yeah. a hot day tomorrow, mm. you know, they're delicate things and uh, they don't bother coming up out of the ground anymore. They, they say stop. it's time to go to seed and they fern yeah. and, um, you know, the plant goes to sleep for next year oh, until they wake it up. Hey, okay, well, we'll move on, but just out of curiosity, we always see an asparagus before it's opened. What happens when the asparagus does open? Does it become a flower or...? It's hard to describe because... um, No, not a flower. You said fern. Yes, it is a fern, like, you know, those um, green fancy ferns that people have in their bathrooms. Yeah. The really thin, wiry stuff. Maidenhair? Yeah, maiden... No, no, maidenhair's thicker. These are very wispy. Asparagus fern. Yeah, anyway... but no, not, not so much as a flower, but they, they do open up, and I suppose, I don't know if they make the seeds or not. I've never mm. seen them at the end. Looks like um, artichokes. When you see an artichoke open up, it's quite an extraordinary sight. Looks like a thistle because it really is it a is thistle. It is a thistle, yeah. Yes. Yep. So um, get in there, have a good feed. As yep. usual, I say, we sell export quality ones. There's no white on them. Cut the bottom, don't snap them. I've been lucky. I've got... Um, baked asparagus and I've had a frittata with the asparagus. I've been spoilt as usual. Have you been a good boy? No, I'm rather surprised because she told me I've been mouthing off too much this week so I've got to shut up before I want to get looked after again. Okay, um, so it's an uneasy piece. An uneasy with piece. Franca at the but, moment. But Franca loves cooking. She okay. says she doesn't but she does. Yeah. Uh, she always cooks up a storm. 
So uh, have a try of those. Even steamed with a little bit of butter is decadent enough. You get some good Victorian butter yeah. with a little bit of salt in it. Uh, it doesn't hurt you. Um, really makes the flavour of the asparagus come out. And don't forget, it's good for you because when it comes out the other end, you can smell it. It means your kidneys are working. For some. Not, not everyone, apparently. Most, most. There are very Indeed. few people. But and you know what's crazy is how fast it acts on you. Yeah, definitely. Even in five minutes. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. And, it, and it's very good, so don't it's be alarmed. Like be happy. Think, How did you get down there so fast? Um, avocados look pretty good. Yes, I stole a couple yesterday, Lovely but I very rarely to get to eat them because when they get home, out comes a crusty bread and avocado even after a big dinner. So mm. there you go. So they're, they're nice. Go no, another thing very, very good for you. Yes. Um, we're starting to see... Okay, so cherries are in. Cherries are in, but they're small, so wait maybe wait. another two or three weeks. First um, the stone fruit are in. Yes, and I had a, a couple of peaches already. Yeah. They're only five bucks a kilo, which is not bad considering it's very, very early. Mm. So have a look, see what you fancy, peach or a nectarine. At least they're <coughs> Australian grown, not American. There's still a lot of American grapes around, so be wary. Uh, hang out a little bit. Maybe we'll get some from Northern Territory very, very soon. Mm. Um, pick of the market. Pick of the market. Oh, the cherry tomatoes have been running away. Yes. I can't believe how many we've been selling. We had, again, 15 varieties of tomatoes. Have a lovely salad. We've been um, taking home all the cherry tomatoes that fall off and do them in the pan very quickly and throw them on our pasta. Intensifies the flavour oh, so It really much. does. It yeah. really does. Um, yeah, and we've been getting into the salads already. We've had beautiful coleslaw with the savoy cabbage uh, and red cabbage and carrot and onion and whatever. Very quickly before you move, how do you dress your coleslaw? What do you put with your coleslaw? Uh, just a good mayo. Mayo? Oh, okay. A good mayo. Yeah, so you do sort of creamy because I do it differently where I just put, um, I, I dress it with almost like a vinaigrette, but it be, it's, it's more vinegar than, than the oil. So it's mainly vinegar with just a dash of oil? Yes, you know what my mum does? She'll get a beautiful red cabbage and slice it. Yes. A big bowl, put her homemade vinegar on it, dash of oil, mix it up. Yeah. Walk away, walk past, have a bite, walk past, have See a bite. See how it's changing? Uh, yeah, no, she's not seeing how it's changing, mate. She's having a feast. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, 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 I couch it in research myself. I go, oh, I'm just checking it out, making sure it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't keep saying, hey, mum, you've got a big bowl there, say, not your problem, mate, it's mine. Because yeah. she knows that I'll take it or leave it. And back off. Yeah, and back off. Uh, um, yes, um, but also we've had um, the fancy lettuces. I've been lucky to pick up some beautiful um, green lettuces here mm. and some pink curly stuff out of mum's garden and putting the two together. Um, one's softer and one's firmer yeah. and a little bit of radicchio. Uh, very good and the flavours come out. Uh, beside a beautiful steak that we had the other night, can't complain about that. Lovely. All right, mate, well, we might leave it at that. Thank you for your time as always. Uh, it's a pleasure as usual. Beautiful. Someone said it's always a great time to eat a bowl of mussels. I don't know who that person was, but but I agree with them, and uh, and here's a person that we can thank for that, uh, basking in the glory uh, on a Sunday, maybe taking it easy. We welcome to eat it, Lance Whiffen. Hello, Cam. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, f- first of all, have you got that uh, that new boat going yet? 
Um, it's it's in Tassie being uh, renovated at the moment. Now I'm trying to remember because um, oh, and sorry, this is Lance from Sea Bounty Mussels that you might see in uh, Coles supermarkets or good purveyors of uh, mollusks. Um, but you'd bought this Hewan pine. Was it made out of Hewan pine? Am I right? Yeah, so it was. 50, 56 foot um, shark trawler. <laughs> And you and you're going to uh, reconfigure it so you can take people out onto the bay and uh, enjoy mussels from yes, the rope, um, so to speak. And yeah, we'll be able to take people out and we'll be able to uh, lift up our lines and show them how we grow mussels right from uh, when we um, join them and and make our babies right through to you know, how we seed them on the ropes and. And then also how we harvest them. We'll harvest a few while they're on board, and um, and then we'll um, show people how we cook them up, and they can have a taste test and maybe a glass of wine or something like that as we go along. And, Sounds um, good, you might. And we should be able to do it in um, relatively uh, r- relatively comfortable. We hope yeah. if uh, if we get the boat set up the way we want it, they should be able to do this uh, in in very comfortable uh, conditions. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, normally when you say something's on the ropes, it's not a good thing, but in the case of mussels, it's actually a very good thing because these ropes are the medium in which the uh, the mussels hang on to, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're grown, they're grown mid-water. They're grown up in the top of the water column, so they're you know, well clear of uh, the bottom sediments, and up there they get a lot more food level. They eat micro... Um, organism it's um called phytoplankton and they're single cell organisms and they feed on these it's really the beginning of life that they feed on it's chlorophyll mm. it's sunlight and nutrients and um, they get more of it near the surface so they grow faster they're softer um the meats are more delicate um they're, they're just uh makes a beautiful product Pro- probably our port Phil bay mussels would have to be up amongst the best mussels in the world for, for flavour, according to uh, some top chefs. Oh, good. Okay. So it's not just you saying that, uh, going, yeah, no, they're the best. But one of the things that um, mussels are a reflection of the environment that they're in, and I remember being out with you a while ago, and uh, you said something that just gladdened my heart so much, because in a, in a way... We are a very unevolved species, and uh, in in a lot of ways, we do a lot of things wrong. But you were saying the water quality from the bay has improved remarkably over the years. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was ever in a state where it was in poor condition, but right. um, but it's um, as far as um, heavy uh, heavy metals and things like that going into the bay, that would have happened in the early days with paint companies and things like that, and what. When I say it's improved, it's improved because those um, chemicals have now gone down into the substrata and, um, you know, so in heavy metals don't affect our product because it's grown so quickly anyway. Yeah. But um, it, it's just getting better and better in, no, in those, um, like we haven't got a, any, any uh, worries about that sort of thing, but in some inlets around the world, yes, they have. Like they, there's too much pollution goes in, but... You know, a lot of people might be surprised, but Port Phillip Bay really doesn't have uh, pollutants going into it at all. Yes. It's it's really looked after now by the government. And what makes Port Phillip Bay so good is the beautiful, healthy, fresh ocean water that flushes in every um, every six hours. Yeah. And 
replenishes the bay with good ocean water. Um, Is so that we all parts quick... of the bay, though, Lance? There's some uh, some that get flushed out every day. And yeah, every, every change of tide. So yep. if you look at Port Arlington, where we are, the, the tide will sort of come in fresh to Point Richards and turn around and go back out, and then it will hydraulically pump uh, the rest of Cryo Bay out over the next few days. So, And that sort of happens in... Uh, in different fashion right up to the top end of the bay as well. So if you go into somewhere like Hobson's Bay, yep. the nutrients are much higher um, and that gets flushed a lot less than, and it has a higher um, freshwater content than down towards Mud Island, you know, where it's nearly all ocean water. So there is a variation like that, but that's what makes the bay such a good shellfish growing area. So you don't want to be eating shellfish out of Hobson's Bay because it's not, not tested for consumption, and that's why people should only eat from um, licensed growers uh, like us because the um, we're out in deep water, we're well away from coastline, so if there's a big heavy rainfall or something like that and, and it's a lot of, you know, dog, e. dog stuff and that wash, washing yes. into the water, yeah, from the streets, <laughs> just the normal stuff, that dissipates really quickly over, you know, probably in, in a space of 12 hours, that's all mixed mm. in and, and pretty well harmless again, but it, it, it can be very toxic um, if you were going to, you know, take muscles off piers and stuff like people used to. So. Yeah, I remember that. But there's another thing that... Um, uh the way that we've changed as uh, a society and that uh, we don't leave the dog poop lying around so much anymore. We pick up after it. So I would say that there's probably a lot less of that coming down stormwater nowadays too, huh? Yeah, that, that's that's for sure. And yeah, everything's sewered now. Like around Port Phillip Bay, everything is sewered. So <laughs> you haven't got um, old septic tanks that could have been in um, disrepair and... Yeah. and that sort of stuff could have washed into the bay many years ago. Mm. So our water quality over the years, we've been testing now since um, my company's been going since 1987, and we've been water testing ever since then. We test uh, fortnightly. Um, we test, um, you know, for coli, for bacteria. We also test and check the different types of algae that we've got. And um, we also... Um, do other testing as well and this is really extensive and the bay has been getting better and better as the years have gone by Hooray! So it's, um, oh, that's it's, a... It's, a, it's a beautiful bay for shellfish well that's a, that's a nice thing let's talk about the actual product and um and I, I know we've spoken a while ago about sort of the evolution of um people eating mussels one from like well you just don't touch them to let's look at the french style of doing it um, which is sort of a white style, and then it yep. sort of moved on to the Italian style, the red, which I must say, just so you know, I had a big feed of mussels last night with a whole bunch of friends around a dinner table. So did we. Oh, good. Well, there we go. <laughs> I thought it felt like that. but uh, So um, I did, uh, what was it, cumin, roasted with the, with the onions, uh, a whole bunch of chipotle chili in there, to give a sort of yep. smoky chilli taste. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, it was, Lance. It really, really was. And then a bit of uh, tomato paste just to thicken it up and then a whole bunch of tins of um, chopped up tomatoes. But you have a very interesting technique of dealing with the beards and I thought it might be useful for you to maybe talk about that to maybe a lot of people can modify the way that they enjoy mussels. Yeah, well, we um, there's, there's two parts to this really. Um, 
when we when we go to cook mussels up, uh, we just give them a quick rinse and then we we steam them open straight away without putting them in the sauce. And the reason why we do that is we don't want too much salt water in our sauce. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to control that, so we keep some of that liquor and then put that with our sauce, sauce to to flavour it, and then we finish the cooking process with the mussels in the pot with the sauce. So we have our sauce cooking already. We steam the mussels open, and then we pull the beards out because once the mussels are cooked, the beards just fall out. They, they come out really easily. Yeah, they don't and hang on. You're not brutalising the mussels as you're sort of tearing that out. No, that's right. And when you, if you do it when they're... Um, alive. Um, yeah, when, when they're still alive, yeah. you, you won't get all the beard anyway. And not that that's any big deal because people can just... Um, People can just pull that out anyway as they're going. But um, if you want to do a nice job of a meal, yes, that's what I that's what we prefer to do. So we give them a quick steam. They open pretty quick. A couple of minutes, you've you've got them cooked. Um, we throw them in the, into another and pot another uh, into the sink so that they don't keep cooking. We cool them down. We keep a little bit of the salt water for the for the for the dish, and then we we. Pull the beards out then. It only takes a few minutes because the beards come out really quickly. You can either leave it, flip one shell off at that point, or you can... Uh, so we often do that. So they they go in the pot as a half shell um, instead of the full shell. But if you want to leave the full shell on, you can. Um, and then if there's any that have unopened, you can grab a knife and then um, just, um, just pry them open so people aren't mucking around with that when they're trying to eat them out of their own bowl. So... Um, that's what we prefer to do. Then we just throw them in, give them a quick stir just before we uh, serve the um, sauce up with them. And uh, that's what we did last night. But we did ours a little bit different last night. We used um, we used um, apple, uh, apple cider vinegar, um, a bit of oil and some onions and a bit of garlic. So we wow. uh, sauteed down the, the garlic and the onions first and then um, uh, we added a bit of... Um, Apple juice right at the end, wow. and, um, and and then we added some cream and wow. mixed the mixed the mussels in. It was absolutely beautiful. It only took a few minutes. It was fantastic. What? So, Stop it! Sorry. <laughs> okay, um, so apple cider vinegar to start yeah. off with. Yeah. Uh, so you're sort of making like gastric almost. And yeah. That's a crazy noise. What is that? What's that noise? Yeah, that oh, I don't know. I thought it was something to do with you. No, it's not me. I thought I thought oh. maybe it's on the boat. Maybe it's like some no, na- no, na- no, navigating no. tool. It's that's the sonar <laughs> cam. Um, okay, I'm, we we will just say we don't know what that is. Um, yeah, that I'm sounds deep in, really I'm good. Deep out in the ocean. I'm yeah, deep out in the ocean. Uh, at the moment. Um, how long should you cook mussels for, and uh, um, what length of time should you avoid? Because oh, okay, so you, you've been on the boat when I've been showing you this. You should not get the mussels so the meats are dimpling. You just want them to just open, and that's all. Yeah. Um, please don't overcook them. They're <laughs> such a beautiful, soft, delicate yeah. food, and if. The, one way of testing this is um, just get a, a small bowl of mussels, throw them in the microwave for a couple of minutes, and then what you'll do is you'll get a mixture depending on how much water each mussel was holding. Some will cook quicker than others. Mm. And what you can do is then open them all up, put them in front of you, and you'll see a couple that are undercooked, you'll see a couple that are perfectly cooked, and then you'll see a couple that are overcooked, and then just check the flavours. And the flavour varies massively from... Um, in sweetness and everything else and texture. So 
you know, do that. If if you see, if your muscle's starting to dimple, yes. the meat's dimpling in, it goes rubbery, and the flavour's completely different. So you just got to try to avoid that. So if we're if we're really being fussy, we'll cook them um, in, on a flat pan with a glass top. And the moment um, my wife Lizzie, the moment she sees one open, she just plucks it straight out. Oh. <laughs> so because they will open at, at varying rates. And I, remember, um, I remember once you fed me a, a raw mussel, which is a flavour I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a, um, a lot of the Italians love them like that. They Oof. put a squeeze of lemon, lemon on them and they just, they'll just eat, they'll eat a full box full oh, raw like that. I'm just looking yeah. across at Maddie. The, the thing that you get, you sort of get this flavour of mussel and then this overwhelming wave of metallic sort of flavour happens after that that doesn't yeah, go think, away. Yeah, I think a lot of that's from the salt water. I, I, I think it's that too much salt water in it. Like, I, some people don't get it. Mm. Um, I think it might be an acquired taste, but I certainly get it. Um, I'll eat it first of all and I go, man, that's so sweet, that raw meat. And then all of a sudden I get right at the back of the mouth, I'll get yeah. a bit of a bite um, of bitterness. I'm like, nah. Metallic, you know, like, it's uh... not my favourite. Oh, and, and one of the last things is that uh, the colour of the muscle that you have in the shell will tell you what sex they are too, huh? What's the yeah, the boys, the boys are blonde and the girls are redhead. So it's um, the white meets the males and yes. the red to orange. And the, the colour of the females can vary quite a lot, as, as the men do too. Like the, the mm. boy ones, um, when they're really fat, they're really bright white. Um, and then when they're not so fat, they're a bit opaque. At, at the moment, our muscles are generally in, in quite good condition. The, the ones I had last night were absolutely beautiful. They were uh. beautiful fat. So the, the females were, were quite orangey-red colour, and the males were extremely white. And well, they were beautiful. That sounded like a very interesting recipe with the apple cider vinegar and then finished with apple juice. Must give that a go. Lance, we look forward to getting that boat launched. Let me know when you do. Yes, for um, sure. You, you guys come down. I'm sort of, um, I'm really keen. There's quite a lot of chefs and and, and their staff that love to come out and look too. And I, I can't wait to have a, a boat that's a bit more comfortable than our work boats that I've taken uh, you out on. No way, I love that. <laughs> hey, anyway, we've got to go because uh, Neil Morris is on. We're still here. Always okay. a pleasure to talk to you, Lance. Keep Good on to talk to you, Cam. Keep on doing what you're doing. Right, it's cheers. one o'clock, a little bit over. Sorry about that, Neil, but we are sort of close for you. Um, <laughs> take it away. It's uh, more of the afternoon here on 3 R. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you, Cam. See you next week. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.